do we equip our families with a biblical worldview? How do we prepare the next generation for life? How do I grow in my walk with the Lord and in my marriage? If you wrestle with these questions, you are in the right place to find answers. Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rutherford, and today I'm excited because I have with me uh, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. She is a licensed professional counselor. She's a speaker. She's an author, founder of the ABBA Project. Uh, She's a radio and podcast host of The Dad Whisperer and co-chair of the Father-Daughter Initiative at the National Center for Fathering. Two quick items before we get to our interview. First, if you go to our website at entrustingthefaith.com, scroll down to the bottom, sign up for our weekly emails so you know who is coming up on the podcast for the week and who you may have missed the previous week. Uh, You'll also get a free resource when you do, and you can find all our other podcasts on our website while you're there. Feel free to scroll through them, find other interviews uh, to really help you along the way. Uh, Second, this episode is just brought to you by my book, Leading While at Home, How Husbands and Fathers Can Biblically Lead Their Families. So if you've ever thought, man, I want to be a godly husband or father, I don't know where to start, or you've heard that you need to do something to equip your family, but you just don't know where to begin, well, if this is you or, you know, anybody you know, Leading Well at Home will show you how you can love Jesus Christ, love and serve your wife and children, and take responsibility for discipling your family. You'll be encouraged and given action steps that you can apply so that you're moving forward. Okay, now let's jump into today's episode. Michelle, so thankful you accepted the invite. Welcome. Well, thanks for inviting me, Eric. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it is my pleasure. So just to kind of get us going, um, tell us just a little bit about yourself, kind of how you began working with dads and what Really, what is the ABBA project? Right. Great question. Yeah, because let's be honest, there's probably some men listening going, why is a woman telling us how to be a better father? This is crazy. Well, dad, I'm right there with you because I think so often all of us would disqualify ourselves from some of the assignments God gives us, right? Like, I think you've got the wrong person. Well, I can say that with this for sure. So it was about uh, let's see, it was December of 2009. I was reading in Luke one, who doesn't read, you know, that part of scripture at, at Christmas time. Right. And I get to verse 17 of Luke one, where God tells Zechariah that his yet to be born son, John is going to help turn the hearts, not the heads of fathers to their children. And I was like, that was a day just like any other, but God was doing something big in my spirit. And I literally kind of awakened to that and heard God say to me, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, what? And you know how when it's God's voice, Eric, just sticks with you? Like it kept rolling around in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. And two days later, I was blow drying my hair and I just heard the name, The Abba Project. Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic, as you know, and men love a project, hence the name. Well, I have a private practice in counseling. I, in fact, I'm just um, finishing my 25th year now, crazy. And I love it as much now as I, as I did when I started. And the truth is I work with a lot of adolescent and 20 something women. So at the time when I got that assignment from God, January of 10, I emailed 11 dads whose daughters at the time were my clients in their teens or their twenties. And I said, how would you like to join me then dad for, for six months, once a month, 
to see if there's a change in you, your daughter, and your relationship. And guess what happened? 10 of the 11 said, we're in. And I've had people tell me, men do not add more to an already full plate unless there's a felt need, right? So that's how I was off and running. I had no curriculum. I had no idea what to do exactly. But every month, God would then just be faithful and download the next topic, you know? And that actually is what formed my first book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide for Connecting With Your Daughter's Heart. And then my second one, which is kind of going to be our focus today, which is just called Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. Because here's what I have figured out from over 10 years of coaching dads of daughters. We now go nine months every year. I usually have about 12 men and me. It's sort of funny. They're this band of brothers. I'm over here cheering them on and teaching them what I call insider Venusian trade secrets. I'm from Venus. You're from Mars. I'm bilingual now. I can speak Martian and Venusian. And I'm saying to dads, okay, here's some of the things that your daughter may not know how to tell you that she's struggling with or dealing with. And that's why in the second book, this Let's Talk, I have 60 conversation starters on different themes for dads to actually open the book up. You don't have to have it down, dad. You don't have to be perfect and show up initiating dates. I encourage dads once a month with each daughter. And then there's the topics. You can let your daughter pick them. And it's very much like the groups that I do here in Portland, Oregon, in my home, so that dads are equipped to know how to lead, which builds their confidence because their competence is building. I like that. The idea that confidence increases because the competence is increasing as well. I like that. So let's... Let's just kind of piggyback on that. I like the conversation starters because sometimes, so, I, um, so if you're, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast. So I have uh, two daughters, uh, 15 and 14. And so that's my sweet spot. I love that we're talking today. Yeah. And so, um, so it's really cool to be able to, to think through that. I also have a son. And so I understand the differences. Um, and one of the cool things, you know, you mentioned the dates. And I love that, you know, I've been doing that with my daughters for, you know, since they were like two and we were like broke and I take them to Walmart. We look at toys and we get like a cupcake in the right. bakery just to hang out. It's hangout time. Exactly. And would you just tell us a little more what, why is it so important that, that dads do that with their daughters, have mm-hmm. those dates and have some conversations. Exactly, because I want to springboard on what you said now about hangout time, because at least in the research and even anecdotally, as I hear from men and women, is that dads oftentimes do things with their kids. And that is awesome. But one of the things about us as girls is we figure things out by talking. And so dad, here's the truth. When your daughter opens her mouth, her heart opens. When her heart is open, your heart is open. But think of that in reverse. Think about it with your wife or a a girlfriend or any women you know, even your daughter. When she stops talking, she ain't okay, right? You're like, oh, this is not good. So you know what I'm talking about. Her heart closes and her mouth closes, and that is not good. So really, this whole idea of pursuing your daughter's heart is going to require a different skill set, most likely, than you typically use with your sons, because you're going to need to soften your tone. You're going to need to slow down. She's going to make you work for it. Like it'll be anything going on. Nope, nothing fine. You know, and I love teaching dads 
what I, what I say, kind of tricks of the trade, tools for your fathering toolbox so that you can build a different skill set to reach the heart space of your daughter. And it needs to include talking. And so that's where I love equipping dads on dates where I say, dad, here's the questions for this month's topic on body image or personality or dating. But dad, here's the thing I've observed from now 12 years of traveling from my planet to yours. You can tell me, Eric, if you agree or disagree, but I have discovered that men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that is, so that is something I have wrestled with for, for, you know, for my, I'm, I'm 47 and it's really been in the last year or two that I've been getting to the point where I'm willing to try things and they don't have to be perfect you know, yeah. just kind of starting messy and, you know, whether that's a project, whether, I mean, whether that's podcasting, whether that's anything, but I think you're right. I think a lot of times we would rather not start yes, than make mistakes. Exactly. And so dad, here's what both Eric and I are saying to you, cause I'm 61. So I'm, I'm kind of that seasoned older woman saying, come on, man, listen to me. I'm not shouting at you. That's why this dad whisper podcast I do. Somebody called me that. And then I've had Men say, we do not like women shouting at us. And I don't know how you do it, Michelle, but you whisper. So really with these conversation starters, as I'm whispering to you, dad saying, I think if you ask the question like this, you'll get a different answer. And then the best thing is I'm your fall guy. So if your daughter hates the question, you just roll me under the bus and then go on to the next question. But back to this thing though, about having a date, pursuing her heart, really initiating time one-on-one with each daughter is what builds a foundation, just like you've been doing, Eric, since your girls were little. And you you may hit a time where they're like, I'm too busy for you, dad. Dads get hurt. They feel rejected. But I go back to reminding men that it's up to you to turn your heart first to your kids before your kids turn their hearts to you, right? It's the last verse of the Old Testament. God says, I'm going to turn the hearts of fathers to their children, children to their fathers. If that doesn't happen, that's the implied message there, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And I don't think we have to look very far to see the impact of the curse. It comes back then to the role of fathers initiating a heart turn. And there's no better person to teach you, dad, how to really activate your heart than a daughter. So let me say one thing here to just finish up this concept of Men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. But here's what I say to men. But doing nothing is doing it wrong. And I know you want to do it right. Again, like I said, I've coached hundreds of men now. I have found you men want to get it right. So you're smart enough to go, hey, she hit adolescence. I'm stepping on landmines everywhere. You know, I'm going to back off. I'm going to let mom go in. You're a girl. No, 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 no. It's up to you to turn your heart and initiate that kind of movement with your daughter if you want to raise an empowered, healthy, strong, confident girl that becomes a young woman who's a world changer. And that's really my passion is to equip men to lead. That's my heart. I love that. And and you're so right, because when we don't act, it is an action, right? It's sort of like when you're trying to make a decision between two different choices. When you don't choose, that's really a third choice. You're actually making a conscious effort and a decision. And so that's really important to remember. It's like, hey, man, if I don't do anything, that's bad. 
Right. And yet men, I really want to affirm you is you are smart enough to go, I am making it worse. Mom has more patience. Mom is more verbal. Mom is more emotionally wired is what I hear. Granted, that's a gross generalization. But Eric, that's what I hear more from men is they just kind of unconsciously default as their daughters get older to punting to mom and saying, here, I'm going to let you do that. But do you think any of your listeners like research? Could I give some data? Yeah, throw, absolutely. Throw some out there. Yeah, please do. So here's the deal, men. The research overwhelmingly confirms that every area of your daughter's life will be better if she feels connected to you. Did you catch the emotion word? Feels connected. So here's a practical action step, dad. Why don't you ask your daughter this week, even today, on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the most, zero being the bottom, how close do you feel we are? Ask her that question. And then, you know, you could weigh in, oh, whoa, that's a different number than I thought, or that's what I did think. And then follow it up with this question. What could I do to be a better dad to you so that we could be closer? Because there's a couple studies that were done a few years ago by two different organizations simultaneously that had to do with closeness between father and daughter. What was interesting is 75% of the men in this one study with an organization that was focused on men said, 75% said, I'm really close to my daughter. We can talk about anything. Simultaneously, this other organization, it's called Dads. It's about dads and daughters, found that 75% of girls said, I can't, I don't feel close to my dad. And I don't feel like I can talk to him about things like sex or boys. Or So I, it's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's that we have different definitions of closeness. So that's my lead in to say, let me give you more research, dad. Every area, as I said, of a girl's life is better with you in it. So here's what the research says. She will be more likely to finish high school and attend college. She will get better grades. This is all because of father closeness. Oh my goodness. We do not hear enough of this. I want to go on. She will experience greater self-esteem, have significantly less suicide attempts. She will have less depression. I mean, look at depression and anxiety, especially I had a new client this week, actually a teenage boy, guy going to be a senior in high school because his anxiety is off the charts now because of COVID. This is what we're hearing. Suicide is up. Depression is up. Anxiety is up because kids are isolated. They're not getting out of the house to do things with their peers, which is so key. Who would have thought that connection to dad would offset COVID impact? Come on. If they haven't heard it anywhere, they're hearing it here. Let me continue. If your daughter feels close to you, she will have less body dissatisfaction and healthier weight, which is a huge thing, as we know, with girls. Weight issues tend to be kind of a big thing. Okay, let me give you a few more. You want more? Or you think men are done with this? They like this? Okay, here's a couple more. Lower rates of substance use, both drugs and alcohol, more likely to find steady employment. And I'm going to end with this one. I could even go on. She will have more pro-social empathy. Look at the world we live in with cancel culture, landmines everywhere. Dad, this comes back to you. God knew what he was talking about when he said, I need to command fathers to turn their heart to their daughters because, or to their children. But I'm talking specifically about daughters because every area is better when your daughter's connected to you. And I believe God has that as a command because it's not intuitive for men. You turn your head. We love that. But at the end of the day, God's like, hmm, we're going to have to beef up that skill set on a heart turn. <laughs> no, no. And those are 
those are amazing statistics, incredible information, really, you know, really challenging to me, you know, as a dad saying, okay, um, and wanting to, and motivating me to make sure that I'm being obedient to the Lord, that I'm engaged with, with my kids, especially my daughters, and having those conversations. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that guys, especially, not only do we, I think there is this tendency, especially in our culture, to, you know, we get stuck in work, we get stuck elsewhere, right. and we just think everything's going to be okay. But we as dads really need to own that calling that God has put on our lives to say, no, we're going to be engaged at home with our families. Uh, and as you said, I mean, there are, these are the results of when we do that. Right. And, and really, I loved how earlier, Eric, you brought up this thing about wanting to be perfect and how you're leaning in now at 47 to doing things. I'm the same way. I'm a firstborn. I like everything. I just call it committed to excellence. But truth be told, I don't like to make mistakes any more than you do. I got this perfectionist thing going that I'm always trying to kind of deal with and put before the Lord. But really, Dad, remember, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be present. So you just show up in her space. And you know, too, with having two daughters, you know, they didn't come with a playbook. And the, the playbook for one wouldn't work for the other anyway, because they have a different personality. And that's why when I wrote this book, Let's Talk, Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters, I tell dads in there, get a pen, write out your daughter's answers in the book or get an adjunct book. Like write the playbook because we do that in sports. Why would we not do it at home? And so creative ideas are really what I want to give dads, not just theory. They already know God wants me to be a better dad. I need to be present. I need to not be so focused on work. But at the end of the day, I'm saying, dad, let me give you an idea of how today you could step into your daughter's world. You, you think, can I give dads a practical idea here? Oh yeah, please do. Because I think it's important too, because, you know, you can hear, you know, I think a lot of times as dads, we hear, oh, this is important. And then it's crickets on implementation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good point. And yeah, I, maybe I can be called you know, the cricket whisperer, the cricket reverser, the something, because really I, I am here saying, man, that idea of ask your daughter how close you are, zero to 10. Like there's a practical action step because the truth is like, who was your favorite superhero when you were a kid, Eric? Who was your favorite one? Man, I don't know. Um, I mean, a Batman, Superman. Yeah, I guess it would probably be more of like that Batman guy. Right, yeah. you know, fly, you know, and, and they're conquering the world and they're making the world better. But at the end of the day, what, what kid would like a superhero if he didn't take action? So if I ask a lot of men, they'd say, I would love to be a hero to my daughter, you know, that I want to be, that she wants me to be. But remember, it comes down to, you've got to take action. It's on you. And it's okay if you don't feel competent. Last time I checked, that's what the whole gospel's about, that we don't have it in us. We're grafted right to the vine. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And really at the end of the day, I have no idea why God the Father entrusted you as fathers to represent him to the world. That is a heavy responsibility, but it's a, it's a beautiful privilege, a powerful privilege to say, okay, how do you in your weakness, your humanity, make amends when you've been harsh? I mean, I know one story of a dad who 
with his four-year-old daughter when he tucks her in every night says, has daddy been sharp with you today? That's the word he used, sharp, which I love that. Like he wants to make amends every day so the sun doesn't go down on that anger. I mean, there's practical ideas for you, dad. Every night, ask your daughter, even your son, have I been sharp with you today? And make amends, ask forgiveness, don't defend. But here's another practical thing that I wanna say to you men. Again, this is a Venusian insider trade secret. The mirror is not really most of our best friend. As we get older, we look in a mirror and see every flaw. And if you're married or were married or you're dating, you probably hear some of the overflow of the self-criticism that we see about our body, all the flaws. But yet, by and large, most men, in fact, my Opera Project co-leader says, I don't even look in the mirror sometimes for a couple of days. I don't need to. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's one extreme. But the other is that you guys go, I don't know, I looked in the mirror and thought I looked pretty good today. Whereas we as women, by and large, and I believe it's something that honestly goes back to the fall, that that in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 talk about three things that Satan had. He was perfect in wisdom and beauty. Those three things are where we get hit. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not smart enough. And I'm not beautiful enough. Listen for those themes in your daughter's men, because you'll hear them emerge because when Lucifer fell, right? And he became Satan. We read in the garden that he's going to nip her heel, but she can crush his head. I mean, that's the cool thing in Jesus' name. But I go back to this thing about the mirror being oftentimes not our best friend. Dad, imagine the power if today you went and got your pack of sticky notes or a dry erase marker and you wrote on your daughter's mirror, whether it's her bedroom mirror, her bathroom mirror, or the rearview mirror of her car, Dad loves you. Dad sees you. I see you as beautiful today. Do you know how grateful I am that God gave you to be my daughter? I'm so proud of you for working so hard. You've been extra kind to your little brother this week. Like your affirmations, dad, on the mirror where she hears the enemy just do a number on her. I have, I've been telling dads about this idea for years. And one of the greatest stories I heard was from a dad that's pulled when I saw him a month later after I'd shared it, he pulled this dry erase marker out of his back pocket. He says, I don't go anywhere with this now, without this now in my pocket, you know? And he said, I travel a lot for ministry. He was a traveling pastor. He said, I now go to hotel rooms and right on the mirror there, take a screenshot and send it to my daughters in real time. So dad, if you are a guy that has, you know, now that COVID's over, you're, you're kind of traveling again. That's something that you can even do on the road. So what do you think, Eric? Do you think that that's going to empower men and equip them to lead? I love it. I love it. That because those are very practical. It's very action oriented. It's not rocket science, right? So you, you don't have to take a bunch of steps. So it's, it's simple, but effective. Yes. And it is that, you know, I think sometimes guys, we just don't, you know, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, we don't think about the fact that we need to speak truth yeah. into the lives of our family, into the lives of our wives, into the lives of our children. We, I don't know, sometimes I think guys sometimes think it's just, um, it's assumed yes. that it's not. Yeah, good point. It's like, wait, I come home every night. I'm providing for you. I'm protecting you at home. And 
I say, good job, dad, go men. I mean, that's the foundation. Absolutely. But if you want to kick it up a notch, because what dad doesn't want to be excellent? You just said they don't want to be imperfect. Well, a way to kick it up a notch is really speaking words of life. And if you're an introvert and go, I don't have a lot of words, then that idea of a dry erase marker note or a sticky note, it's a real small space. I even had one dad who was in the Auburn Project and I went, he's a friend of mine. I went to his house about five months, six months after this assignment and his daughter, Brittany, I have a picture of her. She's beaming. Dad took a sticky note, each one, and put it down her mirror, kind of like vertically. And it said like, you are, and each sticky note said a different word. Beautiful, courageous, hardworking, tender, compassionate, like all the words. She did not take those off her mirror when I saw it six months later. For all I know, they're still there and she's in college now. There's something about a dad's voice and his words of truth that that go deep into the heart and the soul of a daughter. So dad, even if your daughter acts like she doesn't care what you think and she's into her friends and doesn't give you the time of day, this is a powerful thing to do even with seniors in high school, juniors in high school, eighth graders, because I have seen over and over, even I've had a dad say my eighth grade daughter moved the sticky note from the bathroom to her bedroom wall, right by the door as she goes out. I didn't even know it mattered. And let me just say one more thing, men. Um, let me tell you a story. This week in my counseling office, I had a father come to the last session of his 16-year-old daughter to her session. I've been seeing her for counseling for a year. You know, she had struggled with cutting a year ago. In fact, I've got questions in my in my book on, on some of those harder topics like that, even suicide, sexual harassment, same-sex attraction, stuff that men are like, I don't even know where to go with that. Well, I've given you a template so you can ask questions. So for this last session, I just had this brainstorm. I said, dad, you were the one to call me for your daughter to get help. How about if our last session then includes you too? And I gave them questions like, where have you seen your daughter grow this year? Uh, what are you proud of her for? What was it like to know your daughter struggled this year and you had to walk with her? As you can imagine, Eric, both of them teared up and they're both introverts. So they were both kind of uncomfortably awkward, but they kept going. And the very last thing that I gave both of them was, I want you to write a letter to your dad, thanking him for what he's given you this year, who he is in your life. And dad, I want you to write one to your daughter. They both had tears in their eyes through that and said they had never done that, never even thought to do it. And I said, you now trade papers, you get to keep what each other wrote. And I want to encourage you to do this at least once a year, dad, where you write a letter, maybe dad, do it on your daughter's birthday, speak words of life into her, because the truth is the culture around us, even Christian culture, I'm not going to lie, because I've said yes to Jesus when I would, was six. I went to Christian schools. I went to Bible college. I'm a pastor's daughter. We're not immune from negative input, critical words from others. And your words, Dad, will counter what she's going to play over and over in her head when you're saying, I believe in you. I know you can do it. You're strong. I see Jesus in you. I'm praying for you. In fact, that's one of the things both this dad and daughter said in each of what they wrote. She said, dad, knowing you pray for me means a lot. And I said, what would you like your dad to do? Three practical things this year. She said, 
I want my dad to pray for me. I already know he does, but it would be okay if he did it in front of me, over me. I'd be okay with that. But she was, but dad, not all the time, but I'd be okay with it here and there. And then she said, and uh, I forget what the third one was, but, but one of them was, and I'd like to go on a monthly dad daughter date with you. So even if your daughter hasn't told you this, man, Eric and I are saying, do it, do it, do it, do it right now. Put it into action. That love for your daughter today. I love that. And it's true. It's so, it is so important. It is so important that we, that we engage in that capacity, but then it's not simply this benefit for our daughters. I mean, that's, that is sort of the impetus. That's huge. What there's some benefit for the guys too. Like how do fathers benefit from being that, that godly role model for their daughters? Well, you could probably speak to this better than I can, but what I have really come to understand from men, and I see it on their face, when they're hitting a home run with their daughters, they come and throughout the course of these nine months of the ABBA project, and I watch where their competence is building and their confidence is building, I can tell they sit up straighter and no lie. They're happier. Like these guys are proud of themselves that they stayed the course. And at the end of the day, I have discovered that men are happy when the women in their lives are happy. I think it's sometimes different with men. Like I once saw this nightline interview where men would pay pretty large sums of money to go for a week of boot camp to get yelled at, shouted at, cut up. You know, they're in the mud. And the interviewer on this show said, Why are you doing this? Like, this seems crazy. The men said to prove that we can. We're doing it to prove something to ourselves. So I'm saying, men, if you would do that at the end of the day, why not prove that you can love your daughter when she's pushing you away? Because God as a father gets his kids push him away all the time. And he doesn't say, well, shoot, okay, you're, you're on your own. I'm out of here. You, you really are proving something to yourself. And so what benefit does it have to a man to continually pursue his daughter's heart? I find you're going to be happier. Your confidence is going to build. You're going to know in the depths of your heart that you're building a bridge to God as a father so that when you're not there, your daughter really knows that she has a dad that's going to stay the course no matter what. I like that. And it's that idea. It is. It's that idea of father because so many believers wrestle with that concept, right? So we have God the Father and we pray to the Father. And yet, depending on what life was like young, depending, you know, I mean, depending on what your relationship was, that can be a huge issue in coming to faith in Christ because you're like, man, that father was not a real good word for me. Exactly. In fact, as I speak around the country and, and, and really hear stories more and more, and I have, you know, at this age, I've, you know, been speaking for a lot of a couple decades. And those are the stories I hear most often with tears coming down the faces of men and women of fatherlessness. And, you know, we, we know that 80% of jails are filled with fatherless, you know, individuals, and it's a big deal. And so I imagine dad's listening. There may be some that say it's, I'm too far gone. The bridge is too bombed out. I'm saying, and Eric is saying, no, 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 you are not too far gone. The relationship is not too far gone, but you're going to have to build, build the bridge and take baby steps one step at a time, one board at a time. And it's going to have to be on her terms. So you may need to text. Would you be open to texting with me? If you don't feel safe in person, would you be okay? If I sent you some questions, you guys take them out of my book, 
just do a couple of them. I mean, one, the five sections of the book are lead her to laugh, lead her to love herself and others, lead her to look. That's more of the deeper topics, you know, that, but really, if you want to, if you want to raise a world changer, these are the kind of conversations you want to enter into. The next one is lead her to lament. It may be that you need to say, honey, what words have I spoken to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel better about yourself? And what words have I spoken to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel worse about yourself? So you clean it out now, the lamenting piece. In fact, Ken, my husband has said, I really believe Michelle, that's the most important section of the whole book because when those, those wounds right get infected and then they turn into bitterness and resentment, man, I've asked dads in the ABBA project by a show of hands, how many of you are married to a woman or were married to a woman that has unfinished business with her dad? father wounds. And, and usually almost every hand goes up. Every once in a while, there might be one that doesn't. But by and large, this is the culture we live in where women are still hurting from things with their father because their dad might not have had the resources or the tools to know how to say, please tell me how I hurt you. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. Dad, don't just say, I'm sorry. You have to follow that up with, will you forgive me? But then start it with, Tell me how I hurt you. That's how you clean it out. And then the last section is lead her to listen, where you flip the script and you hand your daughter the book of questions, and she gets to ask you questions about your life. So really, at the end of the day, Dad, my heart, my passion, my ministry, my call is to equip you as fathers to be leaders in your home, which I know aligns with Eric's passion here, you know, and entrusting the faith that we're saying, Dad, I know it's hard work, but at the end of the day, you got the Holy Spirit empowering you. You've got Jesus standing by your side. You've got the Father overarching, his overarching love over you. And the Trinity never does anything apart from each other. So you got the whole trifecta there around you, equipping you as a father to be the dad that he wants you to be. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be present. Keep showing up. I love that. And that's, you know, it's fascinating. Just kind of through this conversation, one thing that really kind of jumped out at me is just this need for uh, need for humility in dads and the fact that pride tends to be in its place. And so that we, you know, we really need to, to humble ourselves before God. You're talking about you know, just that apologizing, saying, okay, I messed up. Please forgive me. You know, those are hard conversations to have. It's hard to do that with your seven-year-old. And yes. yet that's what we are called to do, right? And it we are models to them. Yeah, it models to them what that looks like. Because I think sometimes dads may expect their daughters to clean their rooms all the time or obey immediately when they're asked to do something or don't delay. You know, my dad used to tell me like delayed obedience is disobedience. But at the end of the day, dad, really ask yourself, what were you like at your daughter's age? That's why that last section of the book will remind you of that. Or ask yourself, do I always have instant obedience when God convicts me? Because you're going to have more patience with your daughter when you remember that you're still learning on the job. She's never been that age before. And then giving her grace, just like God gives you grace in the process. And that's where I love that you picked up on that word because I didn't even say it, but you're absolutely right. It's a stance of humility that will go a long way because more is caught than taught. So you're modeling that to your daughter and you'll find she'll, she'll do it more readily when you model that in relationship with her. And let me add this, 
and your relationship with her mom, even if you're divorced, do not speak ill of her mom because she's that DNA. She's going to see herself in that statement as you talk about negative things about her mom. So really it's that life and death is in the power of the tongue and being extra careful, right? In what you say, again, we all blow it. We all, we all mess up, but it's about really kind of coming humbly and saying, man, will you forgive me for that? I'm going to do better next time with Jesus helping me. Absolutely. It's, it's all, you know, it's that waking in the morning, it's praying and saying, Lord, give me a humble heart today. And something you said that I think is really important too, is, you know, the relationship that, that men have with their, with their wives, man, that says everything, especially to our daughters of what, what future husbands should do for them yes, and setting that example there. And so as much as we need this to have this conversations and this humility before God to lead our, our daughters, well, we need to continue that speak to our wives too. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you, you picked up on that, right? Cause she's watching how are women treated? How are they talked about? You know, and so she's she's watching and listening, even when you don't know she is. That is true. And and I love what you said. It more is caught than taught. So we can we can say the right things. But if we aren't living that out, mm-hmm. man, it is it's not going to matter. You know, and, it's yeah. And, you know, I even think about this when you talk about living it out. I didn't share anything today about my dad, but my dad grew up on the south side of Chicago He was in gangs from the time he was 12, three different last names among the seven kids. I mean, his dad finally left one day when he was drunk and my grandma put an iron on his face. That was the last time he left. So volatility in the home, there was abuse in the home. So my dad has no template of how to be a dad. He goes into the military because his grandfather had done that. He got some structure, but then he comes to the Lord when I'm six. He has he really doesn't have a template of how to be a dad. But he would ask other dads, tell me how what you do. He would listen. I remember then he he gets called into ministry, you know, when I was 10 to, to go to, to seminary. But he would learn and he go, he'd come home one day. We're gonna have family devotions now. We're gonna get up 15 minutes early. Cause some man said that's how you lead your family spiritually. So like my dad, it doesn't matter if your dad modeled, you know, the the best or was the best or worst model. You can find resources now. That's the beauty of the internet. But really more than just online, find another dad that you respect and say, hey, could we meet once a week? Could we meet a couple times a month and just talk about fathering? Because I truly believe men that the healthier your daughter is, the healthier our nation will be. Because we're the ones that carry babies. We're the ones bringing the next generation into the world. And when we're healthier, we're not shouting to be to hurt, you know, to be heard above the noise because we know our dad hears us. And that's one of the things. My dad and I bonked heads probably more than the other three. I'm the oldest of four girls. The older I've gotten, the more dominant I would say I've gotten. I've gone, dad, I don't agree with you. I didn't like this when you raised me to never be able to talk back. That was not good. That was not healthy parenting. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't say a lot more. But like, yeah. That, yeah. What he has said is I would do it different now. I would do it different, but you know, he's 83 and he grew up in a different generation. And so I just am grateful that I can tell him stuff like that. Now it doesn't always go over so well, 
but really dad, just open up conversations with your daughters. Let them tell you things that might hurt. It might be hard to hear whether it's things you've done or said, or it's things she's doing or saying in her personal life. But at the end of the day, the more she just knows that you love her unconditionally, she is going to take that and run with it because you model God as a father. That is awesome. Well, Michelle, I hate to say this, but we are about out of time. So for yeah, everybody who wants to, this was wonderful. This was a great conversation for everybody, everybody listening. If they want to know more about you, about what you're doing, where to find you, where do you want them to go? Sure. You can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com, D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, watson.com. So even though I got married just last year and I'm can I go by Watson Canfield now, I've had the website for a long time. So I just kept it the same and I have free resources, a um, couple links to both of my books. I have uh, information about the podcast, the dad whisper, which is on Stitcher, iTunes, which is now called Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and What's the other one? Spotify. So, and it's on my website. So, and then I have a dad daughter Friday blog that I write every other week. And so I'm all about providing resources for dads of daughters. Well, Michelle, thank you for joining me today. This is a wonderful conversation uh, for everybody listening. Uh, I'll put all that information in the show notes. You can check it out, check out her resources in her books, listen to her podcast. Uh, Michelle, this was uh, a gift. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Eric, for inviting me. I loved being here. Thanks again, for this awesome conversation as a girl dad that you are, I know that you're modeling to dads what it looks like to love your girls in action. Wow, that was a great conversation with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. Three things that really jumped out at me. First, you know, for dads, as our confidence increases, it will do so when our competence increases. And I see that so much in my own life, uh, how the better I get at something, uh, the more confidence I have in my ability to do it. And so in being a dad, that is, we can gain that competence, which will also increase our confidence. Second, we need to listen intently and with intentionality to our daughters. You know, Michelle shared how, you know, when our daughters, when when they open their mouth, when they speak, you know, their heart opens too. And it works in reverse order uh, as well. And so, uh, guys, that's something we need to do is we need to make sure we are listening uh, when they speak because um, that's really when we learn about what's going on inside and in their heart. Last, I really like the examples that she shared of just writing sticky notes or, or sending a text to our daughters and speak truth to them. You know, saying things like, I love you. You're beautiful. I'm proud of how hard you're working. I'm thankful for you. All of those kinds of things help, you know, build that relationship, but also speak truth to our daughters. So, Great conversation with Michelle. Check out the show notes for additional information and how to to find her and her material. If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review for us wherever you listen to podcasts. Doing so will help others to find us. Uh, Check out the show notes for resource information. We encourage you to do that for links and other references. We'd like to hear from you so you can message us your questions or comments on Facebook, Instagram, and Entrusting the Faith. You can email us at info at entrustingthefaith.com. 
If you go to our website, which is www.entrustingthefaith.com, you can sign up to our email list and receive free resources as well as upcoming podcast episode information. So check it out. Lastly, just remember, legacies are built a day at a time. So start now.